Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler season with us, your cards! Welcome to the episode four of Ether Revolt Spoiler Season. Uh, we only have Thursday and Friday left. What? That's it, we're getting close to the end. We got a lot today though, a lot of good ones. Let's start off with Indomitable Creativity. Snowman! No, come on. It's abominable. It's not indomitable. Indomitable You can dominate creat- snowman. You can dominate snowmen. Uh, you just like, you know, knock their carrot off. and not appropriate. Stuff. I don't, I mean, you're thinking about it in a different way. I'm, I just mean you, you can like punch just them. all has to be cut. It doesn't. So, uh, indomitable creativity is red, 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 X, sorcery. Destroy X target artifacts and or creatures. For each permanent destroyed this way, its controller reveals cards from the top of his or her library until an artifact or creature is revealed and exiles that card. Those players put the exiled cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle their libraries. What do you think of this? Classic red. Some randomness. I mean, we've gotten the um, this kind of polymorph effect more in blue, actually, than red. Uh, although destroying artifacts is certainly more red. Sure, sure. I know I had been originally thinking this on your oppo- opponent's creatures and thinking it was pretty bad because you couldn't guarantee that they were going to get a worse creature artifact than you destroyed, but this effect is definitely better on your own, oh, right? Totally. If you can generate a whole bunch of like useless servos or other small creatures and artifacts that you're happy to sack, right? If you sack an artifact and get an Embercool, you're like, yeah, that's a good deal. To me, this seems like a, a combo piece where you want to try to build out a board made up mostly of tokens and not actually have any creatures in your deck except for titans mm. except for ulamog or emrakul and then this ends up being four mana get emrakul or get ulamog uh which is very powerful and then the question really becomes because it's it's tough because you also can't run any artifacts in your deck right so it's tricky um and but you know I think like Marvel probably just does it better than creativity does. That's that's where my thought process went. Mm. Yeah, so I think Indomitable Creativity, people will try it out and will find that it actually is not very good. Uh, that's my prediction. Next, we've got Weldfast Engineer. This is Black Red 1 for a 3 3, and it lets you at the beginning of your combat phase tar- give target artifact creature you control plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn. Because Mardu Vehicles is a pretty, you know, not good enough. Yeah, they, they needed more support. No, this looks like a really good card. Three for three, three, really solid stats. Obviously in the colors that want it. And, um, you know, it's pumping artifacts, which you're definitely going to have in that deck. Yeah, I, I like this card. Three for a three, three is a solid body. Um, and you get to give Copter plus two plus O. Oh, you get to give, um, you know, things like Scrap Heap Scrounger, where your opponent already doesn't want to trade with that because you're just going to get it back. Right. Giving it plus is just awesome because now they almost have to trade with it and you're just going to get it back again. So really their best chance is just to kill this on site, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Next up is Skyship Plunderer. This is blue one for 2-1 flying human. Uh, when Skyship Plunderer deals combat damage... Can we to- stop? Can we stop? This is not for a 2-1 human. It is for a 2-1 human pirate. Yes, such a relevant type. Uh, I, I'm sorry. People I have wanted pirates mention- forever, so now we get, in standard, pirate tribal. Because you have this and Metallic Mimic. Yes. And that can come in as a pirate. Can it not? That's right. So I you rest can my have case. up to eight 
pirates, quote unquote, on the in battlefield your deck. at once. Oh my gosh, no, because then you use Sahili's artistry and clone them, and then you use that thing that copies artifacts and clone those, and you just like so many pirates run Sky Sovereign for like, you know, the flavor. <laughs> y- you can review the card now. I'll All stop. Right. So back to the card. When it deals combat damage to a player for each kind of counter on target permanent or player, give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. So one extra, or, oh, oh, I read this wrong. It's not one extra, it's double. So double your energy, double the counters no, on no, a creature. No, 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 it's one extra of each type of counter of that's on it. Of each type. Yeah, this is kind of oh. confusingly worded, but what this means is that if you take up Gideon, and Gideon has a plus one plus one counter on him, then when this deals damage, you can put a plus one plus one counter on Gideon and a loyalty counter on Gideon. Um, so it's for each kind of counter, you just add another one. Um, to me, this card is most promising in Bant Humans uh, mm. because with the, there's a couple of things that make counters, especially Thalia's Lieutenant. So being able to swing and then put a counter on something is nice. Um, the fact that it has flying is good. Uh, and with Mimic, if you're naming human, it makes this a 3-2 for two. Uh, with flying, and that that's a, a pretty aggressive aggressive body. You can bring itself, give itself uh, another counter. So yeah, it it seems very fine. Yep, very very fine. Next up, secret salvage. This is black black three for sorcery. Exile target non land permanent from your graveyard. Search your library for any number of cards with the same name as that card. Reveal them and put them into your hand. Then shuffle your library. And it, it's exile target non land card not permanent. Oh yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think that this card. Uh, would probably require quite a few secrets that we have yet to see to salvage this card because it's pretty bad. Um, Just like your puns. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You you notice you notice that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not LSV level, so I'm working my way up. Yeah, slowly. So uh, it's just bad. Yeah, I, it's I agree. Expensive. It's, you're, you're playing on a turn bad. five. You probably don't have great stuff in your graveyard to get anyway. And even if you do, you're taking turn five off to like draw some yeah I, it's I not good yeah it's just not good i don't think so um like the in my mind the best thing i can get with this is go somehow put a gear hulk into my graveyard torrential gear hulk or something and then draw three of them um and that seems pretty powerful but, absolutely but it's like this is so conditional and a card that's five mana sorcery to be this conditional is just not playable Okay, so I, I have a. I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute. What if you played this in something like uh, black green delirium? Because that deck does put a lot of cards in the graveyard. So by turn five, you know, if you had a grim flyer getting a swing, maybe there's something worthwhile to get back and you could get like all your Ishkanas. I don't think that you need it in delirium. You have traverse the olden walls, so you can mm. just get any card you want. It's a lot better. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and a, a lot, lot cheaper. Yeah, significantly. <laughs> Um, I guess this lets you get um, non-creatures, which Traverse does not let you get. Um, okay, I mean, else you want a land. Uh, but I, I just think it's it's too expensive to, to do. And Delirium also runs a bunch of one-ofs. Um, even Ishkana is only a three-of, so you're not even going to get full value off of the card in Delirium. Yeah. All right. Next up is Red for Shock. Ooh, that is quite the shocking reprint. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Almost a... An electric choice for a reprint. It's red shock. It's an instant. Deals two damage to a creature or player. You know, it'll probably see some play if you're interested in being able to get that reach to the player. It's, I think, significantly worse than Harness Lightning. 
because the ability to hit stuff with three toughness is is very relevant. Three or more. Yeah, really more than three usually with harness lightning. Yeah. So I think that shock might see play, uh, particularly if you're like a red control deck that wants sideboard cards against vehicles. Um, I think that this is a pretty playable card. This kills most of the stuff in vehicles. Uh, additionally, there have been quite a few three twos spoiled from Ether Revolt so far. Mm. So maybe if a bunch of those pick up, then this might become more popular. Or you just put this into a burn deck and run with it that way. Yeah, Shock's always been kind of a, a roll filler. So you know it sees a little bit of play, but it's you know it's just a it's a fine good card to have in standard. Yeah. Next up is Outland Boar. This is red green two for a four four. Can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Yeah, this is uh, this used to be more of an outlandish ability, mm. uh, but I think that uh, we're seeing things like this a little bit more as they try to test out alternatives to trample. This is a card I'm really happy to have in limited. I think four 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 with a little bit of evasion is is a very solid card. Um, I think they've really hit, and we're going to talk about a couple more of them, but they've really hit this uh, two color cycle, uncommon cycle out of the park. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I I really like these cards with like the conditional evasion. Um, like you said, they're really good and limited. They're probably going to get through. There are a lot of 3-2s this set, but this still definitely has a place in the world. Good blocking, good attacking, quite a bore. Our next card is Blitz Lofferin, also known as Lightning Runner. It's Red Red 3. It's a human warrior, and it is a 2-2 with double strike and haste. Whenever a Lightning Runner attacks, you get two energy counters. Then you may pay, what is this, eight? eight. I can't read these energy eight. symbols. Eight energy counters. If you do untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Uh, I just want to say that from here on out, I will no longer be referring to Double Strike as Double Strike, but I will instead be referring to it as Doppelschlag, which is uh, apparently the German word for Double Strike. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm going to Doppelschlag everybody I run into. Yeah. So you're a huge fan of that word, but I hear yeah, the word you're is great. not the biggest fan of this card. I'd play just for the word. Seems like a bad choice. Not many double strike cards in standard, right? So if I, if I you know if I really want to go all in on Doppelschlag, if I want to register a deck and call it Doppelschlag, I need to have you know like this card in it. So yeah, it'd be a pretty bad deck. Um, I I do think this card is exciting. The fact that it's five for two two is like terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. It dies immediately. But there are you are counting s- for Doppelschlag? Yes, I am. There are some really cool things that you can do with two combats. Um, for instance, one card that we talked about earlier tonight, the uh, red, green, black, one, three, three, that at the beginning of combat, you give plus two, plus two, plus two, plus O oh to a creature until end of turn. I think it's an artifact creature. Artifact creature, yes. Um, since it gives creatures, artifact creatures, plus two, plus O oh until end of turn, the second combat, it's actually going to be plus four, plus O. Oh. Um, same thing happens with Toolcraft Exemplar. I think that's really fun. Of course, this is terrible if you're behind and you don't have creatures to swing. If you have really bad combat, this is this is a finisher. Like you don't want to play it and swing and lose your board and then not have a second combat and just lose the rest of the match. But you know, if it just if you just need one more combat before your opponent has a chance to draw answers, I think this is a really cool way to do that. And you do get the two energy from attacking, so you really you have to have six before you do this, which. Six I think energy. someone's I think someone's doppelschlogged you in the in the head. This I, I, this card's terrible. This card's really bad. It's so cool. No, it's not. It's I, five mana for a two two. I know. And like yes, which I it, acknowledge. It, okay, good. It has haste. Has haste, which is nice. But 
you need to be able to pay eight energy. And, yeah, you and definitely. Currently, do. there's no shell that wants to go wide and build uh, up energy, and even this effect is underwhelming. Like I can instead, for five mana, maybe a little bit more, just run Eldrazi Pig, right? Rather than trying to have two combats to doppel schlag through all of their blockers, um, I think that uh, there's just better stuff and like. This card's awkward. I it's expensive and I don't like it. And like it, it's so weak that if you pay five mana and cast this, they just kill it. If they have a removal spell for it, like even if you shock, exactly shock deals with it, and then you've like thrown away your whole turn. And you're an aggro deck, and you're playing a five drop, and that doesn't just win you the game or do something really good. Like yeah, I don't like it. I think the toolcraft exemplar thing is cool. I don't think it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. So we'll move on to our next card, which is Walking Ballista. Uh, it is XX for a artifact creature construct. Walking Ballista enters the battlefield with X plus and plus one counters on it, uh, and you can pay four to put a plus and plus one counter on Walking Ballista. You can remove a plus and plus one counter, and Walking Ballista deals one damage to target creature or player of your choice. So I, I don't think Walking Ballista, despite how it looks, is you know quite as a ballistic of a card as Hangerback Walker is. Uh, or was in standard. Hangerback Walker, you could play really early, and it was so cheap to add counters that it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And if your opponents kill it early, it's good because you, you know, they're using a removal spell on something you paid maybe two or invested one mana into. Um, and that's fine, you get a Thopter. This card, playing this early on turn two, gives you a 1 1 that can ping something. And like, you don't really want to pay four mana just to put one more counter on this card. Late game, I think this card's actually better than it, a lot better than it is early game. Yeah. Um, but I, I still, Hangerback was good at any point in the game, and that's what I'm looking for with my X cost spells or creatures is that they're good at anywhere along the curve. Um, otherwise, they're not really versatile enough. Like I, I don't, I don't like the idea. Even if I pay this on turn six, it's a bolt. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's flexible because it can attack and block, and like you can block and then sack and kill something. Um, and I think that really, though, what you want to do with this card is if you want to play this competitively, you need to be able to put counters onto it without using its ability. You need to be in some kind of a shell. Maybe you're running Metallic Mimic that lets you put uh, extra counters on this, or you're running um, the Proliferate Guy, or you need some ways uh, that the Green Black Constrictor that lets you put extra counters, Panharmonicon. Uh, it doesn't do anything with this. Um, so you, you really need to put more counters on it in another way, I think. Yeah, I I agree. I wish it were better early. Um, but I do think there are really cool things that you can do because there aren't really restrictions on when you remove the counters or how many. So you can block or attack in combat and then you know remove one, camp, uh, one counter and deal just one point of extra damage if that's all it takes to kill their creature, um, which I think is a cool flexibility there and of course there's the classic hanger back on zero flip your avicen this is another way to flip your avicen but i i kind of agree that it's it doesn't quite have that early game oomph that it needs to see standard play mm. unless you're unless you can put counters on it some other way yeah four is just too much um so next up we have call for unity call for unity is white white three um it's an enchantment and it has revolt uh, at the beginning of your end step, uh, if a creature of a permanent left the battlefield this turn, put a unity counter on call for unity. Uh, creatures you control get plus and plus one for each unity counter uh, on this card. 
Yeah, I don't know. When I see, you know, white, white, something, enchantment, buff your creatures, I'm like, well, why don't you just play Always Watching? It gives you, it's much cheaper, gives plus one, plus one, and it gives you vigilance. So it's not going to grow the way this does, but I don't know. It comes down earlier. This also grows really slowly. Um, Yeah. If we think about this, so Dictate of Heliod was the same, more or less the same card, plus two, plus two, right, for five mana. That didn't see play. This is plus zero, plus zero for five mana, (laughs) and then hope that you get a little bit more as we go. Uh, So in standard, this is not a good card. This is not a card that I want to play. Agreed. Next up, we have Aetherborn Warrior. Um, This is black two for a three two. It's an Aetherborn. Uh, Revolt when Aetherborn Warrior enters the battlefield. If a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. So this is the Wasteland Strangler ability on the same body for the same cost, but instead of exile or moving a card from exile to graveyard, you just have to have something leave the battlefield. I mean, minus three, minus three is good. I don't know how much stuff you have leaving the battlefield on turn three, but I, I think it's probably good and limited. I think if there's a deck that can reliably trigger Revolt early uh, with artifacts or things like Vessel of Nascency, um, that card is actually pretty good like a 3-2 is fine for a body let's say it trades with a creature and then it's going to kill something when it comes down so this is going to be a two for one if you can reliably trigger revolt um so i I like it i like it i i was kind of sad wasteland strangler didn't see more play i think it was because we didn't get any really good exile ability to exile cards in mass or also the metagame was never really super good for wasteland strangler but this this kind of ability is powerful and it's something to to keep in mind yeah i just I sort of feel like it might be in the same place as Wasteland Strangler. Like, maybe we don't have enough good ways to trigger Revolt early that it is worthwhile. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, in a constructed deck. Um, but, like, we see constructed decks right now are running Vessel of Nascency. They're running Puzzle Knots. Um, it's not out of the question that if you really want to trigger Revolt, and, like, maybe this isn't the biggest payoff card in the deck. Maybe there's better Revolt cards that you really want to do. But if you're able to build around Revolt to trigger those, then this is kind of just a natural card to slot in because it is so efficient. It's so good. Um, so maybe you start running more of the like one-mana artifacts that you can sack and do stuff for. Yeah. Our next card is Aethertide Whale. This is four blue-blue for a 6-4 flying. What, what sound do whale must make? I forget. That's right. That's right. When it enters the battlefield, you get five energy? Six energy? Six. It is hard to count one, energy symbols. I know. You have one <laughs> Etherworks Marvel activation. Ah, yes. And uh, you can pay four to return it to your hand. So I like that it protects itself, right? The turn it comes down, it has enough energy that if someone casts a removal spell or if it's going to die in combat, you can just bounce it right back to your hand. It's very expensive, but it is flying. Again, I think it's a bomb and limited. Flying is always good, and it protects itself, and it's big. Yeah, I, I don't know if it has a home in standard. I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, I don't I don't want to well on this card too much. I like the design of it. Um, but I it's it's definitely a bomb and limited. Um, I like that it nets you energy, that you can yeah. cast it, get the energy, have two left over when you return it to your hand. Um, and it's it's a huge attacker in the air. This is definitely a limited bomb. Um, not good enough for standard unless you're planning on uh, like saying, okay, I, I want to use energy and also like... So the teamer energy deck... 
for a while was a deck that played energy cards and produced energy, but it also went bigger than just Pummeler did, and it had Jace, Unraveler of Secrets, or Nissa, Vital Force. And this is a card that you get to play it, you get a 6-4 body that can protect itself, plus you get a bunch of energy to use on whatever you want for energy. So I, I think that while it probably won't see standard play, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could. Sure. All right, next up, we're going to look at a cycle. This is uh, the implement cycle. So we have implement of combustion. It's a one-cost artifact. Red, sack it. Can we, can we shortcut these? So there's. I mean, we're just going to go through them by color. And all of them, when they are put into a graveyard from the battlefield, they draw you a card. And the only thing that's different is their mana cost to cast and their ability when you pay one of the color and sack it. So the white one, one to cast, pay white, and sack it, you gain two life. Black one, you're paying two to cast it. You pay a black and sack it. Target player discards a card. You can only do this at sorcery speed. Uh, Implement of Ferocity is the green one. You pay one. You pay green and sack it. You get a uh, plus one plus one counter on a creature. And again, sorcery speed. Uh, Implement of Examination is the blue one. It's three to cast. Uh, you pay blue and sack it. Draw a card. Uh, Implement of Combustion is the red one. You pay. It costs one to cast. You pay red and sack it. And you deal one damage to a player only. Hmm. Um, <laughs> we're laughing because on the Wizards article... Uh, Marshall was uh, talking about this card and made a comment that uh, if this card could only target players, which it does, it would be pretty much unplayable. Um, I think they, they probably misread it and thought it could hit creatures as well. I, I think that this cycle uh, is... I, I, it's, it makes me sad when I see like the green and black ones, which they're already pretty bad cards, but their restriction of sorcery speed makes them even worse like they're <laughs> nerfing cards that are already pretty bad so that makes me a little sad i feel also sad that the blue one is three mana because yeah. that blue one is like you're basically paying four mana in two installments to draw two cards and if that was a little cheaper that would probably be good uh, i do think that in uh limited you might play a couple of these if you want to get revolt off or improvise off um and you know most of them are one mana which is very very cheap so and they replace themselves so you don't have to worry too much about card disadvantage um, as long as you you can spend the mana and it's in your color so i i wouldn't plan on implementing these in a standard deck but i do think that you know if you're looking for that kind of synergy and limited it's worth looking at yep our next card is baral's expertise this is blue blue three for sorcery return up to three target artifacts and or creatures to their owner's hand you may cast a card with converted mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So we're almost through the cycle of expertise. Only the red one is left. And I don't want to bounce around too much between the expertise cards. Uh, and I, I'm no expert on, you know, kind of bouncing all of these things at once. It's it's expensive effect at sorcery speed to do this. Yeah. Right? And the thing that's making up for it is that you do get to cast something for four. So I think that... The card is powerful, and I think that it comes down to whether or not there's a shell for this. Like, I think that if you're going to cast this, you're looking to probably close out the game the turn you cast this card. I think that you want to bounce three of their blockers, cast Gideon off of the freebie, emblem it, and then kill them. Or bounce three Ishkana Spiders to get through. Or bounce two Ishkana Spiders, bounce your Reflector Mage to your hand, then cast the Reflector Mage for free, bouncing Ishkana. There's there's definitely some cool possibilities with the card, but it, it's just, it's a sorcery, it's expensive. I don't know if the shell exists. 
Yeah, I I also think bouncing is super risky. There's a lot of good ETBs in the format right now. I think that's why you want you need to end the game. The right. comes down. But I, I think that's kind of a big ask. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you might not cast this on turn five necessarily, uh, and maybe you're not going to be able to in practice end the game the turn you cast it. But you might be able to do so much damage in that turn that that you're set. Uh, additionally, if you're bouncing expensive things. They're not gonna. You're, it's gonna be a tempo game where you're, they're not able to catch up to you because they can't recast they, them all in one turn. And you've gotten to cast a free spell off of it as well. Yeah, maybe there's also a case where you care about revolt, and so you bounce one of your own things and trigger it. Yeah, I I, I think that the shell is gonna be important, and I think that the this cycle of cards letting you cast stuff for free is pretty cool. Yeah. And that every one of these merits testing. Um, well, you haven't seen the red one yet. Uh, I think the red one will merit testing. I'm making a <laughs> psychic prediction, um, and uh, I, I predict I'm going to be on fire with this uh, prediction, and I think that the red one definitely merits testing as well. Yeah. Next, I think uh, we have a card that I, I'm, I think is really cool. Uh, Exquisite Archangel is white, white, five for a five, five flying angel. If you would lose the game instead... Exile, Exquisite Archangel, and your life total becomes equal to your starting life total. I think this card is cool because, so back in, uh, I don't even remember what standard it was, but remember Resolute Archangel, which reset your life total when you cast it, or when it entered the battlefield? That card was a great sideboard card against, um, at the time, I think there was like a red-white burn deck, a Boros burn deck or something. And if you cast that, like they couldn't kill you. Um, and it was great, and that bought you enough time to win. This and I is think, really different from that, though, because they see this on board, and they just don't try to kill you, and your life total doesn't restart, and they just take care of this first. Yeah, so it's the exact same thing, because it's buying you time. Yeah. Because if they, they can't... You're right, and that they're not going to kill you if killing you means you gain 20 life, and now they have to deal 20 more damage to you, right? Yeah. So they're going to wait until they can kill this card. And if you're playing this, ideally you, you play this in a control deck, some kind of a control deck. You play this, maybe you have a little bit of protection for it, uh, and maybe they're waiting to fire, find some uh, removal for it. Maybe you bring it in post-board when they've sided out some of their removal. And this is a card that is just going to buy you time. It will buy you turns. And don't forget that it's a 5-5 flyer. You get to pressure them while it's buying you time. True. So I, I, I really do uh, like this card. Um, I think it's a pretty exquisite way to close out the game for a control deck. I think it's interesting, but we'll have to see. It also has some funny interactions uh, with other things. So like poison, uh, if you get 10 poison with this card out, it exiles the card, resets your life, and then you just you lose the die. game afterward. <laughs> uh, if, you, if your opponent wins the game one-on-one, -on -one, that is fine. Yeah, you just still lose. Uh, but in two-headed giant, uh, when one player, or maybe not two gen, but in multiplayer formats, I think when one player wins the game, uh, technically everyone else loses the game. So then, I think this—I don't know what this does—but <laughs> it leads to some like pretty weird stuff, uh, which I, I just think is is cool. Very silly. Our next card is Solemn Recruit. This is white, white one for a dwarf soldier. Two two double strike revolt at the beginning of your end step. If a permanent you control left the battlefield, put a one one counter on it. I like this. Um, double strike is really nice. Makes the two two a little. Oh, sorry, bit... what what is it? What abilities have? Doppelschlag. Doppelschlag. That's right. Yeah. Doppelschlag is great on this card. Yeah, it, it definitely makes the two two body a little bit more appetizing. 
and it grows. Like you're definitely careful about killing their other permanents when this is on the battlefield. And obviously if you have this, you're being very careful not to let it die before it grows and, you know, scares your opponent. So yeah, three mana for a two, two double strike is something that has seen play in standard before. Um, if this is in any kind of deck with any ability to increase this is, uh, thing's power, put a counter on this. Mimic. Um, and it can do it itself. Um, I, this is a pretty solid card. It is important to keep in mind that it is double white. Yeah. Um, and a lot of decks are just are building in double white on turn four for Gideon, but might not necessarily be able to do this on, on turn three for Solemn Recruit. But yeah, it's a, it's a good card. Yeah. And in limited, very good card. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So then we have... Hidden Stocks. This is black-white enchantment uh, with Revolt. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, create a 1-1 colorless servo creature token. You can pay one and sacrifice a creature to scry one. Uh, so what do you think? I don't really like this, to be honest. I, I guess, again, I I'm pretty skeptical of the Revolt mechanic. I don't know how much you can depend on, you know, triggering it consistently well it has a built-in way to trigger it yeah so you have to have something on the battlefield first so if you have something that you're happy to sack then it's then it's an engine for itself uh yeah i mean you can even just treat this at this is it's just really flexible you can just use this to get a, a one mana scry every single turn right right where you make a servo you see so you sack some initial thing make a servo sack it scry and step get a new servo then during your next turn you just do the same thing you get uh, scries this way um additionally this is so the fact that this card is so cheap it's two mana uh that's a pretty nice element if this card was more expensive it wouldn't be able to see any play look at a card like uh from beyond which is four mana and it just gives you a free eldrazi scion every turn which is is very a very solid effect not to mention that you can stack it and tutor up any eldrazi in your deck and put it in your hand uh this however being two mana makes a substantial difference um and it's black and white and we've seen black and white are the colors of Fabricate uh, in Kaladesh. Um, and I think that this could be a card that uh, is, is going to kind of push tokens more to the forefront. A Al Obzon token deck or green-white splash-black or white-black, um, I, I think, might be uh, might be something we can, we can play with. And also, they're creating artifact tokens, right? So because of that, you're getting um, anything that cares about artifacts. Uh, this could be a way to get off your eight artifacts I win the game card. Um, this gets your dream going of innovate out your spells if you have that three-man I mean, artifact. Yes and no. I, I think what you said about cycle, like sack a creature, get a creature, sack a creature, get a creature, that's sort of the easiest, most realistic maybe representation of this card. The idea of it building an army of servos I think is much harder to believe because you have to have something going to the graveyard no, you consistently. You just need something leaving the battlefield consistently. Okay, so Eldrazi Displacer would be a great way to do that and not lose all your stuff. Sure. Unless you're in a token stack. And then yeah, but also like if you're paying this on two, you probably want to have a cheaper way to trigger a vault than, than Eldrazi Displacer. Yeah. As much as I love Eldrazi Displacer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just skeptical. I don't think it will serve both those... I don't, I don't think a Scry Engine is bad. Um, I also... But... I don't even know that just the ability to make a 1-1 every turn is even good enough in this standard. This is a, it's a really slow card. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the temptation is to compare this any this kind of effect to Bitter Blossom. And Bitter Blossom is a very, very powerful card. But Bitter Blossom also makes flyers. 
uh, which is are significantly better than non-flyers. Mm. Um, and I think in current standard, I just think it's a slow card. And maybe that'll change. Maybe tokens will pump this, and um, we'll see. Eldrazi Mimic, name servos, go crazy. Yeah, I'm not too, too optimistic about it, well, I'll say. But it could be a role player in a token stack. Sure. Our next card is Baral, Chief of Compliance. This is blue one for a 1-3 legendary human. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. Uh, whenever a spell or ability you control counters a spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. I think Baral is very good. I think you play Baral chiefly in a control deck. Um, comes down probably not on turn two, right? Jace you usually play on turn two. Two drop, you play it on turn two. But Baral, I think you want to play either on turn three, if you have negate uh, backup, or on turn four, if you have void shatter slash disallow backup, because then you get to protect him. And if you protect him and you untap with him, I think that Baral is going to provide a lot of value. Um, this So I was really down on the three mana artifact that lets gives your spells innovate. The argument for that, right, was like, Oh, you're going to be able to cast multiple things in a turn. Cool. But to me, that wasn't worth a card. Baral does something similar where it's reducing the cost of your spells, instants and sorceries, by one. So you're going to be able to cast more stuff in one turn. But you have one three body. And the the loot is really cool. Is that This is giving you basically counterspell and standard with upside. Counterspell that loots every time you cast it. It lets you cast Summary Dispensable for three mana. I I like Baral a lot. Um, and I, I think that additionally, you don't have to be afraid of running multiples. Because if you end up drawing too many Barals, you can just loop them away with Baral. So I, I really like Baral and I think that he will see play in control decks. Yeah, I think he's a super exciting card for control. So... Hopefully we see a couple more control decks next yeah. standard. Definitely at the beginning of the format. It, it's going to be one of the cards where people will definitely be playing him in week one, week two. And then depending on how the metagame evolves, uh, he might fall out of favor and maybe back into favor depending on, on how fast the metagame is and uh, how much removal they're seeing. Um, I will mention that uh, Baral does die to Fatal Push. Hmm. Uh, and as we know, Fatal Push uh, is just, you know a great, great card that I have a, is really close to my heart. Um, and I think maybe there's an argument. You just don't run anything uh, between zero and four mana, and you only run five drops in standard just because Fatal Push is, is that good. Yeah, no, that seems, like, reasonable. Yeah. Uh, moving right along, we have three costs. I feel like you're not taking me seriously, Katie. I feel like your attachment to Fatal Push is unhealthy. Yeah, kind of a fatal attraction. Anyways, Cogwork Assembler is another assembly worker. We now have three different assembly Woo! workers. All right. This um, one's good, too. Yeah, this one's a three drop. Um, natural three drop. You don't need to improvise. For a two three. Yep, for a two three. Pay seven. Woo, high cost. Create a token that is a copy of target artifact. That token gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of next end step. Um, I, I like... This is the kind of card I really like in Limited because in Limited... You're looking for cards that are good early and good late, and often what that means is mana sinks. And that's why, like, even in standard, Duskwatch Recruiter was such a house because games went late, and then you're top decking Thraben Inspector, right? Which is awful. Uh, I mean, it's not awful. It's, <laughs> it's actually a fine top deck. Um, but you're you're drawing like 
not very impactful cards, and Duskwatch Recruiter allows you to do something with your mana, particularly when your curve is really low, right? Thurman Inspector is a good top deck because it replaces itself, but it's not a good use of your mana, right? You have a lot of mana available. So this is the card that I like because uh, it reminds me of the... Oh, what set was it? The I think it was Zendikar, um, where there were the like the wolf that was a 2-2, and then it had green 7, and it got plus 8, plus 8 until end of turn or something. Um, oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there's a red one as well. Yeah. Uh, I, they were, I like, really... scary in combat. Yeah. In the late game, like, you totally ignore them, and then all of a sudden on turn 7, you're like, holy cow. Right, and I think this is the same this. thing, where this is uh, a fine card. It's 3 for a 2-3. It's not great, but it's fine. Um, it's an artifact, so you can use it for improvise. You can use it for whatever you want. Um, and... Then in the late game, this is a way to dump your mana in and get a really good payoff if you are building around it. Yeah, very exciting. And you get to fetch it up with uh, our friendly With your other assembly, assembly worker. I know. I'm excited to see more of them. Mm. We have our next card, which is Gifted Aetherborn. Uh, black, black for a 2-3 with Death Touch and Lifelink. Just so good. Yeah, this is just efficient. The, I just, I mean... Two for two, three, already a good start. Death Touch and Lifelink. This is awesome. I'd say the only thing you have to be careful of, obviously, is it is double black, so you need to build in a shell where you can play it on turn two. Not that I think it's terrible later, but I, I think you want to get down as, as early as possible. Yeah, basically what this card is Vampire Nighthawk for one less and you lose the flying. Um, and the flying, don't get me wrong, is very, very good. It makes yeah. Nighthawk... Uh, be able to really effectively pressure the opponent um but this this card is is really good especially in the current standard where there were so many two threes that just bounce off each other this card does not believe in bouncing it no. will slit your throat uh and uh i really like um its ability to do that uh and it just keep attacking and eventually they're gonna have to trade with it um and i feel like you're gonna get for two mana you're gonna gain some life and you're probably gonna trade up and to me that is you know, a pretty nice gift to get in a card. Um, I do think that it, you should be aware that, you know, I think you mentioned it's double black. So you just have to make sure your mana base can support that. Yep. Our next card is blue-white two for a 3-2 human soldier with flying. When it enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature does not untap during its opponent's next untap step. So a little bit of tempo going on here. Makes me think of blue-white flash, but... I kind of think we have better stuff going on in Blue-White Flash, but it wouldn't be, you know, if you play it a turn three, Reflector Mage, Reflect something, turn four, play this, tap something, they're pretty far behind. So that that feels pretty good. And 3-2 body in the air, you know, is pretty large. Yeah, I like this card. Uh, this does remind me of a lot of the Blue-White Flash cards that are decent bodies that mm. provide tempo. Right, in blue-white. Spell Queller and Reflector Mage and all these tempo-y cards. To me, though, um, I think that... So the, the downside of... Okay, Reflector Mage. Let's do Reflector Mage, right? Reflector Mage is cheap. It's three mana. has a uh, can block fine. It has three toughness. And it provides a lot of tempo. But the downside of Reflector Mage is that they do get to recast the spell and regain any ETBs or cast triggers that it might have. So it, it leads to these awkward things where, like, your opponent can Emrakul you and then reflect your mage through Emrakul back and then just cast it again the next turn. This card gets around... So I think that the worst thing about this card is it's one mana more, which yeah. is relevant. It's more expensive. 
it has it's a three two instead of a two three, um, which is bad because it doesn't block as well. But it has flying, so you're able to pressure much more effectively with this card than Reflector Mage. Reflector Mage, you come down for the you use it for the ETB. It's probably going to chump something later on, and that's it. This card is going to come down give you some tempo, and then it's, your opponent's going to have to deal with it because a 3-2 is a, a, a legitimate card. It can trade with Copter. Um, if they don't have Flyers, this will eat their life pretty quickly. Um, and to me, I want to try this in the Panharmonicon deck. I think that mm. just another, you know, just one more ability like this is just really nice, right? Reflector Mage is great because you get to, uh, you know, usually reflect two things. You get to displace it. Dis Eldrazi Displacer works great with this card as well, where you get to tap down Emrakul instead of reflecting Emrakul, right? Um, and prevent it from untapping, so you don't have to uh, be tapping out for Displacer every single turn. Um, and at the same time, like like I mentioned earlier, it allows you to pressure effectively, which sometimes the blue-white Panharmonicon deck can struggle to do a little bit. So I like Spire Patrol. I'm going to be testing it, um, and, uh, you know, a little expensive, but I, I think it might be worth it. We'll see. It's a good tempo play. Yeah. Our final card of the evening is Renegade Wheelsmith. This is white-red one for a 3-2 dwarf pilot. When it becomes tapped, target creature can't block this turn. I like that it's three power. Definitely allows it to crew a lot of the bigger things that we sometimes struggle to crew. Obviously, pilot gets some nice value when it's tapped. I think this is a limited card, but I could be wrong. Maybe it has a home in, in a vehicle's deck. That's what I love about all these, this whole uncommon cycle, I alluded to this earlier, whole uncommon cycle is really good. In limited, they just are super solid cards. They're not unbeatable, but they lead to interesting games, and they're, they're, the power level is there for these cards, and they're close to being standard. A lot of these, I'm looking at them, right? Spire Patrol, oh, I'm going to test it, it might get there. Renegade Willsmith, maybe you try it out in vehicles. I don't know if it's better than Depala, and Depala got cut, so... Yeah. Uh, but it allows you to be aggressive because you're you're shutting down a blocker. Um, the black-white one might be able to be played in tokens. Uh, the red-black one probably goes in vehicles. The blue-green one is just value. The white-black... Sorry, white-green one is just value. Tezzeret's Touch is good. All of these cards... Uh, are are very solid. So I think Wizards did a really good job with these. Going back to Will Smith, very solid card in Limited, uh, and, and it might get there in Standard, but I don't think it probably will. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But... And again, it's a 3-2. A ton of 3-2s. Yeah, there are a lot. There's going to be a lot of trading or standoffs yeah. from people who are too afraid to trade. Well, that's what I like, is I did not enjoy uh, our collected company um, overlords which were all just two threes and would just sit there and bounce off each other. I I'm, I like that Wizards is encouraging more trading uh, and progression of the game state rather than stagnation of the game state. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I just hope that we're able to get a uh, a mid range deck because a lot of these cards are great. If but there's a mid range shell. Yeah. But and I, I hope that there's something because Marvel. Uh, I don't want to play a couple more months of Marvel. Uh, that that does not sound fun. So, yeah. so that's it for today. Those are all of the spoilers that we have so far. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, more tomorrow. Um, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we are on uh, Tumblr. Uh, we are on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud as well. So be sure to check us out. And that's it for now. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is spoiler, spoiler season. season.